Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I am Hope, and I have been waiting for this episode since Rosie told me she was expecting. <laughs> I am so excited to be here today. Yeah, we're going to finally talk about pregnancy because I wanted to wait till I was like days away from being full term to uh, <laughs> talk about it, I guess. So could uh, it like literally come at any second now? Is that what full term means? Um, so full term, it's considered full term at 37 weeks. Um, and I am like 36 weeks and two days or something. So theoretically, it's possible that she could come anywhere from next week to early February. Our due date's February 3rd. Since it's my first baby, it's it seems like statistically unlikely that she would come like several weeks early, but mm-hmm. you never know. But like if she did end up coming like next week, she wouldn't be considered premature, I guess. So that's where we're at. We're kind of in that situation i would be fine if it was like 38 weeks i think mm-hmm. which i know is very close so it feels weird to say that i would be fine with that but everything has been going well it's not complicated she's a good size all that so anyway uh, ashley graham gave birth to twin boys this morning and she was at like 40 or 41 weeks i think she knew it's definitely like twin full term damn that's actually yeah. un- that's that's kind of strange super for unusual. twins yeah 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 because you have way more of a possibility of delivering early with twins so you are for sure having a little baby aquarius which means you're gonna be two air signs in your house because chris yeah. is gemini mm-hmm. yeah it'll be very exciting and uh, i wasn't like so it's like growing up, I always thought that I didn't want to have a kid in the wintertime because I'm like, oh, it's so close to Christmas. And then when you're a kid, you have your birthday close to Christmas. And like, you know, and I was always kind of like felt sad for those kids because I was like, I have my mm-hmm. birthday like about as as uh, like about six months from Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And so you get you get like the, the like the super fun, honestly, when you're a kid, the present getting holidays. Uh, yes. <laughs> super broken up so you get them like mid-year from each other but right being the person who's actually pregnant I appreciate not being heavily pregnant in hot months that was my mom that was my mom with me and Gracie because we were born in September and November she had faith in May so she just had a baby for the summer but she said she especially with mine because my I'm technically born in summer I'm like four days away from the first day of fall Mm-hmm. She's like, I was so hot. I was so uncomfortable. I like couldn't lay down right because she's, she has a shorter torso. So she was all baby. She's like, I was just so uncomfortable. Yeah. She's, she's, she's a little woman. So she does not know that. That's, yeah. That's a whole she lot. Says of she's tall. Oh, God. <laughs> that's what I get. I, karma. She knew I was talking about her. How tall is she? She's got to be like she's five three. She's your height. Yeah, I was gonna say she's like the same height as me. Yeah, and she's like small too. Yes. <laughs> Not a big lady. Well, yes, I I do agree that it would suck being like I can imagine what that's like because I don't like hot weather anyway. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, yeah, that would suck a lot. Right now, it's it can be really hard to get comfortable. I'm sitting up a lot straighter than I normally would be now, which is probably good for my posture, but -hmm. it's honestly because like leaning over, it makes it like compresses my, my rib area. Mm. And it can even make part of my, like the skin around my ribs go numb. (laughs) 
because it's so much pressure there. Oh my God. Which like it goes away when I sit up or if I lean back, but it's definitely like a sign that I feel I shouldn't be leaning forward like that. I, and you're all torso. Like you have a very yeah. long torso for your. I body. have a lot of torso and, and I do have like a nice protruding belly. So <laughs> your I mean, belly is so round. Yeah. I did not. It's like, you know, every pregnant belly looks different. Yours looked like you were smuggling a beach ball. It was like perfectly spherical. Yeah. It was very cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, couple of disclaimers before we get started. Uh, so Rosie is clearly wants kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I am undecided leaning towards probably not. And there's a lot of stuff that I probably don't know about, but like when we talk about the medical stuff with pregnancy, if I say ew, I don't mean it offensively. It's okay. I'm just saying that's not something that agrees with my constitution. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like it feels gross to hear. You know? Honestly, as a pregnant woman, I'm fine with or fine with that because saying because I see you all the time when I learn yes. about pregnancy. <laughs> you know, I don't so. mean it as in like you're a disgusting person. I just yeah, mean it as like oh my god, the body is crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, I wouldn't, like, I guess if it was someone I didn't know well, I wouldn't want them to be like, ew, if, if I said something about pregnancy. Yep. But I probably wouldn't say something super gross just in conversation to someone I didn't know. Um, and honestly, at least in this episode, I'm not going to be talking about super gross things anyway. Um, we have a gross pregnancy episode. Yeah, we certainly can. I mean, this this one, I guess there's a little bit of grossness in terms of, like, the way people are treated, but it's not, mm-hmm. like, physically gross. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, leading into that, uh, we are going to talk about two issues that I've noticed, particularly on social media, particularly I've been spending a lot of time on pregnancy TikTok. My for mm-hmm. you page at this point is like just pregnant cats, people. pregnancy, <laughs> and also like I follow a lot of like trans people's accounts just for education and like support purposes too so it's like it's basically like it's allyship cats and a lot of pregnancy because you (laughs) send me pregnancy tiktoks mine is so slowly i'm getting more and more pregnant (laughs) stuff and i'm like oh this is fine i should know about (laughs) it's it's interesting there's a lot of creators out there who like want to talk just to vent or to educate or whatever and it's been really nice actually there's been some stuff i've been able to educate myself on and things like tell Chris and he's like oh where'd you read about that and I was like I didn't read about it I heard about it on TikTok so (laughs) is that where you saw the evening primrose oil thing no my midwife actually uh told me to start taking that Ah. at our last uh I was gonna say our last episode (laughs) at our last appointment (laughs) yeah we have a whole secret podcast of Rosie's doctor appointments yeah <laughs> oh my god that would violate so much so HIPAA, much I think. HIPAA violation yeah, um and, oh, so so at any rate uh I wanted to talk about a couple of the things that I'm seeing on social media that people are getting real upset about mm-hmm. and some of it is I think completely rational to be upset about some of it I think is irrational Um, basically there's like one sort of irrational thing and then one very rational thing to be upset about and so we can talk about those but what I have noticed is that whenever you talk about pregnancy or parenting everybody has a fucking opinion everybody feels the right to tell everyone their opinion everyone feels persecuted if they like 
share their opinion in a way that was inappropriate and people tell them it's inappropriate. Um, people are really, really rude. (laughs) Even when they're going through the same situation, like, okay. So, uh, one thing that I I was going to tell you before, but I'd be interested to hear your reaction is there's this whole thing going around TikTok now where there's people who believe that cesarean sections don't count as giving birth. Oh no, I because we were all C-section babies. People have told yeah. my mom that. She they're like you didn't actually give birth and it's like I made the baby and it came out of my body. Like I don't know like yeah. how else you would constitute that. Like And it's not like there's not a fucking recovery procedure for a cesarean section too. Like, oh yeah. That's major I, fucking surgery. Yeah. You're putting your actual They they avoid on that side table. Yeah. Like Yeah what <laughs> guys don't have to go through that and it's like sure the baby didn't like go through the birth canal like i guess i get the logic of trying to argue that but it's the stupidest fucking thing in the world i don't understand why you would take a stand on that listen and it's just fucking rude it's rude it is rude we'll, we'll be cursing a lot on this because i may be like you know a glowing beacon of maternal <laughs> love and all that but i'm also really pissed about a lot of stuff we're, the baby's gonna feel our hot match. She's gonna know the patriarchal yeah. theory before she even comes out. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I I have a birthday. There was mm-hmm. the day I was born. I think that means my mom gave yeah. birth. Like, and I know I had a relative who had really awful like stuff going on because of her uterus, and she wouldn't get it removed because she was like, "Then I won't be a woman anymore." And it's like that. that oh. That's not how that works. <sighs> how that works that's so sad and that leads in pretty well to our first topic that we're talking about which is inclusive language during pregnancy oh do tell um so there's (laughs) a lot of the accounts that i follow actually most of the accounts that i follow uh use inclusive language which means saying things like pregnant person or birthing person rather than pregnant Mm -hmm. woman or expectant mother yeah um, they'll say things like nursing or chest feeding instead of breastfeeding. Um, oh. I, I will say that later in another episode, probably when I talk about um, pumps, um, because one of our later episodes, I'm going to tell you how to get a free pump. Um, but uh, I, I may say breast milk, but I think that's going to be the only sort of like gendered term that I'm going to try to use because I want to include everyone in the conversation. Um, also like using the term partner or partners to refer to the other person mm-hmm. or other people in a relationship with the pregnant person, because pregnancy is not just about cisgendered women and, and it's not just for monogamous people. Yeah, absolutely. That's their polyamorous, uh, relationships where a baby is born and, and they are perfectly healthy. Please don't try to argue with me about this. Like any relationship can be healthy. It's about what happens in the relationship, not about how it is constructed. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I want to use all of these terms and I want to explain why, because during, I think we'll probably end up doing three of these episodes uh, and I will be using these terms throughout all of them. Uh, and I think it's important to talk about why, because people are getting really upset about the fact that we're saying pregnant person or birthing person. 
And I've seen a lot of um, these TikTok accounts that I follow, like um, there's one called Birth with Steph. She's a labor and delivery nurse who talks about different things that happen in the labor process, talks about pregnancy, that kind of stuff. And she refers to people who are giving birth as pregnant person or birthing person Mm -hmm. and has actually like, she's done videos about this is why I'm doing this. I'm not going to stop doing this. Um, It's important. And so the other thing about that is people who are having babies might not be the baby's parent. Like it could be a surrogate could be somebody who's Mm -hmm. giving up the baby for adoption could be any one of those things. So saying expectant mother doesn't actually cover all bases either. Yeah, it's It's true. And also trans people (laughs) such as some, yeah, trans people exist. Surprise. Um, So non-binary people uh, are often people who can give birth. Um, Trans men who haven't had bottom surgery can give birth. Mm -hmm. Um, All of this can happen. And so what I've seen on the, unfortunately, so it's, it's the conservative side of things. Um, like I hate to politicize mm-hmm. this, but it is a very politicized argument. Um, what I've seen on the side of people who are not for inclusive language is that um, they're saying that people are trying to replace the word mom with birthing person. That's bullshit. <laughs> It is not what's happening. It's a super inaccurate representation. And it's said like that in order to make people mad. Like it's an emotional joust. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's phrased like that so that you feel like someone's gonna come into your home and tell your kids they can't call you mom. And that's bullshit. That's not what's happening. I I don't agree with a lot of the things she says. However, I was watching an interview with Caitlyn Jenner and her kids were like, what do we call you? Like, what, what do you want us to call you now? And she said, you call me dad. I'm your dad. You can call me dad. They very easily were like, my dad, she, or my dad, her. Caitlin's uh, mm-hmm. name is dad with she, her pronouns. You can do yeah, that. And, and that's her choice. Yeah, like, like that's, that's a familial choice. Like they've been used to calling her dad. And so if that's what she's comfortable with, then that's good. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's completely fine. Sorry, I tripped over all of those pronouns. That was I don't know where that came it's from. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the important thing is that we is as I understand it is that we correct ourselves if we trip over pronouns and mm-hmm. make sure that we're always trying to do the right things. Either right. All right thing. One more thing on that before we move on because I just was reading about this. Oh, I have if more on you, it too. <laughs> you mess up something about somebody's gender pronouns. Something where they correct you and say, oh, actually, it's this. Say you're sorry, and that's it. Don't dwell on it. Don't be like, I'm such a shitty person. I can't believe I did that. Don't like make Don't make them, them make you feel better. Because you messed up. Just say you're sorry. Don't do it again and move on. Like, that's all. That's it. That's it. Don't yeah, I, I think that's, that's a really important thing that I've learned from the trans people I know is that over-apologizing like that like as long as you apologize sincerely and you correct the behavior mm-hmm. like that's that's what's needed <laughs> whereas if you if if you're like beating yourself up about it you're putting the emotional labor on them to make you feel like you're not a shitty person and yes. that's not how to do it you make it about you that's not yeah. how you want to apologize that's dumb anyway so so uh when we do push for terms that don't refer to specific genders, partnerships, sexual orientations, that kind of thing. 
this is in a general sense. Okay. So like that whole situation of someone coming in your house and saying, you know, your kids can't call you mom. That's not what's happening. What is happening is we're asking medical professionals and people who do education about birth, Mm -hmm. uh, like labor, delivery, parenting, all that kind of stuff to use those terms in order to include everyone who is necessarily already involved. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't like, it's not taking anything away from you personally. Like you could still be called mom. Like my kids are still going to call me like mama or mom or whatever. Like, that's fine. (laughs) You know, we're not, we're not saying that like, I have to refer to myself as a pregnant person or a birthing person. I can refer to myself as as an expectant mom. But if I'm saying Mm -hmm. like, if I'm talking about something that people experience in pregnancy, I'm going to say people instead of women, because we're not all women. And it doesn't take anything away from me. (laughs) Like as a cisgendered woman, like it, it irritates the hell out of me to hear people acting like it takes something away it's kind of like the gay marriage argument about like it ruins it for straight people like no it doesn't it has nothing to do with you so just yeah. chill the fuck out <laughs> like like stop stop making it about you it's not about you it's just trying to include absolutely everyone and if you're paying attention to it and you're trying to like think of what your experience might be if you weren't a cis woman in that situation, you can really see a lot of times where people use very gendered language. Mm-hmm. Like people always call me mom at the uh, at the appointments I go to. Um, not my midwife actually, but the like the other people will. And some of it I think is just because like they deal with lots of people, and so they're not looking at the name, but. What I would hope is that medical professionals will just start calling people by their names instead of being like, so mom could sit here and dad can sit there, you know, that kind of stuff. And then then also, sorry, I had one more and then I'll let you go. Um, And then also we've been watching some like uh, baby care parenting videos, some labor and delivery videos, and those ones tend to be super gendered mm-hmm. like they'll start off with like hey mamas I'm <laughs> just like okay but like we're not all mamas and everyone's valid and like I, <laughs> I appreciate this information but can you just not do that one thing so yeah I think on. that's just like a professional person thing that people do because whenever I was at the behavioral health place as a receptionist then when I was at the physical therapy place as a receptionist they were, would refer to them as mom did this, dad said this, stepdad said this, boyfriend said this, like they just took away all the like qualifiers yeah. in the front and would just say that. And so maybe that's just like an old professional lingo thing that's left over. Yeah, I think-, I think so. And and I don't think it's meant to offend anyone. No. And so it's not like, like the situation isn't that the trans community is saying like oh everyone's trying to hurt us they're just saying like mm-hmm. hey you might not realize this but using this language is excluding us so yes. can we just use a different term right you know people get offended by that it's like why yeah You'd be offended get- if you weren't included too because you cry about everything yeah yeah exactly and that's the thing is like these the people that we're talking about are already involved in the baby making birthing and parenting process Mm -hmm. so just use language that includes everyone nothing's being taken away from you like 
the people who don't fit into cisgender heteronormative roles are already heavily discriminating against. So it's a pretty small ask for us to be like, (laughs) say pregnant person instead of pregnant woman. Like, yeah, it's not, not a hard thing to change. It's not something I even thought about till I was pregnant, but it's been a really easy change to make. So yeah. Anyway, that's something I wanted to talk about because it's just such an irritating argument to hear about. And I always want to comment back to people, but I'm like, I'm not going to get into a fucking comment war in the TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I back you up. In the TikTok section. Yeah. But, but it's so dumb because like, because you know, the people there are not actually listening. They're just being jerks. They're just being whiny piss babies. Yeah. And I was like, I have another place where I can address this. (laughs) So. (laughs) um another thing to address is going to be anti-fat bias and weight stigma when it comes to pregnancy i'm going to change my shirt because i'm already sweaty i'm going to put on a tank top (laughs) excuse me while rosie's gone griffin and i were gone for about two and a half weeks for the holiday and when we got back yesterday taf was so excited to see griffin that she meowed and then she nibbled on his beard a whole bunch because she loves griffin more than anybody Right? Yeah, but I'm a pretty good substitute for right now. Okay. I just got some lightweight nursing tank tops. So good time for me to try that out. Here, look. (laughs) (laughs) You look like Regina George whenever she got the titties cut out of her tank top. (laughs) And then everyone started doing it because she did it. It supposed to be like a prank. Oh, well. If uh, if anybody wants a laugh, you should uh, you should Google like in, in it like a shopping area like on Amazon or something. Uh, Google pumping bras because it's I think it's just impossible for the models to like figure out how they're supposed to look <laughs> when they're modeling a bra that has like pump parts attached because <laughs> it's got like the you know like they're trying to show like how it works yeah. when you're pumping like in order to <laughs> you know produce milk for your baby and it's like it's it's just so hard for them to look cute I'm like you're a beautiful woman but this is hilarious to me Mila Kunis was talking about whenever they were doing like the pre-production stuff for one of the bad moms movies and Kristen Bell like called in on zoom or something because she was had just had a baby but you can only see her face and Mila Kunis said every single woman in the room knew what she was doing because she heard the pumping noise and all <laughs> the guys in the room were like what is happening what are you guys talking about <laughs> that's funny I'm very interested to know what the, the pumping life is going to be about, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Um, so now we're going to talk about uh, weight stigma, weight bias in pregnancy, which is, it's something I've, I guess I'll talk about like my experience first. I do have notes mm-hmm. written up, but I'm kind of just like freestyling off of them. Um, Go off queen. Yeah. I'll talk about my experience, which honestly was, it was super light and not that difficult, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I still had an emotional reaction to it, I can only imagine what it's like for people who are heavier than me, who have like a different situation going on. Right. Um, so, all right. So here we go. So I, when I first was getting prenatal care, 
I <laughs> I found found out I was pregnant, and then like that day later, I started feeling completely horrible and was unable to keep any food down. And I had like a really bad anxiety reaction where I was like shaking all over and like I was just feeling really terrible in in like a bunch of ways. And I was like, I I don't even know if I can care for myself. I don't know if this is going to get better or worse or whatever. And I felt so bad that I ended up going to the ER because I didn't have my partner there who might have been able to calm me down and figure stuff out. Um, And I was just unable to figure it out. So I, I called an Uber and my Uber driver was this like older uh, Catholic Italian man. And he literally prayed for me as we were driving to the ER. I know. I know some people don't like that. I'm always very touched when people do that. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's not like that kind of situation is completely fine. Like if someone's like, I'll pray for you because they disapprove of something you're doing. Right. That's, that's stupid, but that's a whole different thing. Like he literally was just praying for me to like feel okay. And for the baby to be <laughs> good and for everything to work out, you know? And I'm just like, that's completely fine that I thought it was touching. I was fine with it. Thank you. Uber driver, wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uber driver. I, I don't know what you I forgot what your name was, but <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, the, the way that I found out, uh, well, no, I had already found out because I had taken tests earlier, but I, I went to the ER because I was like, something's wrong. Um, spoiler alert, no, nothing was wrong. <laughs> I was just having, I was having an anxiety attack because I, or a panic attack because I had been, I, like I hadn't been able to keep anything down. I was throwing up bile. It was a, just a bad situation. Um, and I, they, they were a little bit worried that I might have, um, uh, hyperemesis, which for anyone who's seen Amy Schumer's documentary where she's constantly puking throughout her whole pregnancy, that's what that is. Luckily, I didn't have it. She but, has, she had endometriosis yeah. too. Yeah, like a lot of it. So that's a, that's another story. Anyway, yeah. go on. <laughs> so, uh, so I, so the reason I'm including the story of when I went to the ER is because I think I I started getting prenatal care like slightly later than I might have otherwise. Um, so they didn't. They didn't get an accurate pre-pregnancy weight on me. Um, mm-hmm. The weight that they got at my first appointment, I was about 10 pounds lighter than I would normally be. Um, so that'll, that'll come in later. <laughs> um, but I, we saw about, we've seen about four midwives um, throughout this process. Um, I, I chose a midwife versus an OBGYN just for personal reasons, because they, they tend to promote like, some homeopathic stuff they are um the the midwives i'm seeing they're certified nurse midwives they do have absolutely have medical training and all of that they're completely qualified um it's not like a witch doctor situation uh, <laughs> and uh and all that but uh anyway if you if you're interested in hearing more about that we talk about that later but i saw about four different midwives the first two were at a location where um, it was connected to a hospital where I couldn't deliver at. If you're listening outside of the U S our insurance pretty much requires us to deliver at a specific hospital in town. And if we went to the other one, we'd be paying like possibly tens of thousands of dollars, um, versus maybe 2000 at this one. Um, so that whole situation sucks. Uh, anyway, so we ended up switching to a different place, different location to a midwife who was supposed to be our midwife for the rest of the pregnancy. Um, I'm going to call her Heather just so I have a, a name, name to talk to that, about that person. Um, that's not her name. It's not even close to her name. Um, anyway, 
so when Heather first saw me, she, the first and kind of only thing she wanted to talk about was my weight. Uh, because since I had, uh, yeah, so since I had started seeing, uh, like getting prenatal care, I had gained about 12 pounds, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was four months along. Um, and she was telling me, well, if you gain weight at this, um, at this rate, like is unhealthy and you're setting yourself up for gestational diabetes, um, which there's a lot of uh, reasons that's not okay. But you anyway, <laughs> you can't just throw around diagnoses like that. Yeah. Like, she, <laughs> but she was, she was telling me that this was a horrible thing and that, like, I shouldn't gain more weight you are uh, and, a bad mom. and was kind of like, hinting like like hey it would even be okay if you lost a few pounds like which I don't think is a good thing to say to a pregnant woman it's like yeah medically it would have been fine for me if I had lost a few pounds but when you're saying it in like a suggestive way yeah like you don't know that I don't have a history of disordered eating luckily I don't but But you don't know that and did she tell you to tighten because she can't legally tell you to lose weight <laughs> no, she did not tell me to tighten, but but yeah, that it was kind of like the situation. So she was very, very focused on my weight. What she was not focused on was asking me if I knew what my pre-pregnancy weight was. Mm. She was not focused on asking me if I had lost a bunch of weight during the pregnancy so far. Yeah. Because surprise, surprise, if you have like a regular weight that you're at normally, which I did. And then you suddenly lose 10 pounds and you can't eat anything for a period of several weeks. And mm-hmm. then you go back to being able to eat again. You're just going to gain that weight back. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean anything unhealthy. Um, and in my case, it didn't. I gained that back and then I started gaining very normally. Right. Um, so and it wasn't an me, issue at all. You told me it was normal for women to lose weight in their first trimester because of all the the not so morning sickness because apparently yeah, I mean like that's that's my understanding it is all the time it's not just in the morning <laughs> yeah and, and I don't see how it's reasonable to measure the weight someone gained during pregnancy starting with when they have lost a shit ton of weight mm-hmm. <laughs> because because like I, I don't understand how I was supposed to keep that weight off and still mm-hmm. gain weight during pregnancy if I wasn't restricting or exercising a lot more and like I was getting exercise, I was eating decently healthy diet when I was able to eat all that kind yeah. of stuff. But, but she didn't ask me about any of that stuff, which is like the main point that I want to make is she did not see to try to make any effort of seeing what was going on with me. Um, and that was something that Chris brought up afterwards is he's like, yeah, she didn't ask you anything about what you were eating or what exercise you were getting, et cetera, all of that. So was not impressed with Heather for that situation. And the more I looked into the weight stigma that a lot of people experience and the more I engaged with communities of pregnant people talking about it, the less impressed with her I was Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, because so it's unfortunate, but I think that like the way that that she was talking to me is a little bit more of the norm than the exception. Uh, oh. And I don't think that's okay. Um, I, I think a lot of people either before they're pregnant or if they're people who don't get pregnant 
are maybe under the impression that like when you are pregnant, you're just encouraged to eat whatever you want, gain plenty of weight, don't worry about it. Right. Not true. Um, especially not true if you are in a BMI category that is considered anything above normal. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole episode where we talked about the BMI, how it's a flawed system. It's not set up for women. It's not set up for people of color. Uh, and also it was never meant to be a measure of individual health. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason medical situ- the medical establishment started using it was because of insurance companies. Um, if you want to hear even more detailed and informative uh, talk about this, you can listen to the podcast maintenance phase. They're excellent. I talk about them every time I talk about weight. Um, anyway, so BMI, very problematic to begin with, um, yep. because it is only taking into account like very few measures and it's not, yeah, it's, it just doesn't work. It's for white men. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, As is everything. It, it's for white men. And also it wasn't made to actually assess health. Um, right. It was, it was meant to assess like whether people were starving in certain countries and like if they should get more resources um, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, um, so anyone who's considered to have a BMI that puts them anywhere above normal will, will probably have to have conversations about how much weight they should or more accurately should not gain. Mm-hmm. Um, the CDC's recommend recommendations state the following. Um, if you are considered underweight, with a BMI of less than 18.5, you're supposed to gain 28 to 40 pounds during pregnancy. If you are what is considered a normal weight, which is between 8.5 and uh, 24.9 BMI, you are uh, encouraged to gain 25 to 35 pounds. If you have a, an overweight, a quote unquote, overweight BMI, uh, you are and that's of 25 to 29.9 pounds, you should gain 15 to 25 pounds. If you are considered obese on the BMI scale, which is a BMI of greater than 30 or greater than or equal to 30, uh, you should gain 11 to 20 pounds. So that is what the CDC says, but anyone who knows that much about pregnancy can start to see some issues the farther Mm -hmm. down you get down that list. Um, the average birth weight for babies in the country, we're going to do a little bit of math here. Um, (laughs) the average uh, birth weight for babies in this country is about 7.5 pounds. Um, although between 5.5 and 10 is considered normal. I think Um, that's how much I weighed. I think Faith was seven, six, I was seven, five. And then Grace was like six, five or something like that. She was very tiny. Nicky diddle. (laughs) Little baby. (laughs) I I think I was around eight pounds. I want to say. Griffin was 10. Well, that's still considered normal. <laughs> uh, anyway, the uh, well, he's 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 a big tall man, so I'm not I'm not surprised he, is, he was a big tall baby. <laughs> he is a, still a big tall baby. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, uh, so that's not the only gate. Uh, that's only not the only game that you wait. Uh, that's not. <laughs> That's not the only weight that you gain, though. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more to it than just baby. So, like, when you look at my stomach, there's quite a bit more in there than just a baby. Uh, yeah, according you don't have to a baby-shaped bump, it's like, like yeah. I said, perfectly spherical. <laughs> it is. It's perfectly spherical, and it's also like very firm. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very interesting. It's like you're carrying uh, around a little pistol. <laughs> pretty much. 
according to AmericanPregnancy.org, breast tissue can increase by one to three pounds. Um, so that's <laughs> because your body is generally getting ready to feed from your chest. Um, your placenta. No, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's each. And also, some people will gain more, but it's like one to three pounds total. Uh, is I think the average I get upset on my period when they balloon up to like barely just like a little bit one to three more pounds of titties no thank you no thank you that sounds awful it does especially for people like larger people are just naturally going to gain more because if you have larger boobs you're just gonna I've been talking to you whenever we've been on video call and like you can just see them like they're trying to like like (laughs) like they want to go and they want to live underneath your chin. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, that's so much. Yeah. I, I might end up being one of those women who wants to get a breast reduction later in life, but we'll see how I this affects. You. Yeah. We'll see how this affects it. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So there's, there's breast tissue increase. There's also the placenta, which adds weight. It adds about uh, one and a half pounds. Uh, the amniotic fluid, which is the fluid that the baby is, Oh, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, placenta is the organ that your body creates that where like the nutrients go from you to the placenta and then placenta to the baby. Yeah. So that's when like um, when the baby comes out with the umbilical cord, it is attached to the placenta. It's not attached to the woman like inside her. Um, it's the middleman. Some people don't know that. Yeah, it's the middleman. Um, and anyway, as I said, amniotic fluid weighs about two pounds. Um, also, when you're pregnant, your blood volume can increase by about three to four pounds, um, just means you're making more blood. <laughs> um, I hadn't actually thought about that before I was pregnant. <laughs> Hope is grossed out. <laughs> I just, I have an excess amount of blood in my body, right? That's so gross. <laughs> I don't have excess. I have enough for me and for the baby <laughs> because when you're growing an infant, you need to have enough blood to support you and the infant because if you were trying to support both of you based on just your blood like you'd probably become anemic and unhealthy so yes that that is that's also part of the reason why you're bleeding uh, for two now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) uh that's also part of the reason why women will get swelling in their hands and feet and stuff it's because you have your your veins are larger because you're pumping more blood through them um more blood in your body it's also why i got carpal tunnel during pregnancy but we'll talk about that in the next episode Uh, so with all this necessary added weight gain, which like it is necessary, you can't just produce like less amniotic fluid or a smaller placenta and you wouldn't Make want less to. blood. <laughs> yeah. And like you wouldn't want to because you need all of this stuff. Right. Um, so with all this stuff added up, if a person were to have an average size baby with the added weight of placenta, amniotic fluid, increased breast tissue and increased blood volume, they'd gain on average between 15 and 18 pounds. Mm. Um so going back to the weight recommendations by the BMI, this means that an obese person would have maybe two to five pounds to spare before they had allegedly gained too much weight. Um, and that's if they don't have a big baby. If they have a big baby, they might already be at the limit and not be able to like gain any fat, even though most people do gain fat during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just a thing. Like your your body is trying to hold on to stuff because you have more to support. And so you're gonna gain some fat and that's fine. 
Because you're getting winded. You're getting winded just from existing because you have extra baby in you. Yeah. And we'll talk about exercise as well because that is important because, yes. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, So, all right. So, anyway, so that's an issue to begin with is that these recommendations really don't allow for people who are considered obese or overweight to gain quite honestly a regular amount that most people gain yeah um and if it doesn't like if if the healthy amount the quote-unquote healthy amount doesn't align with what most people's bodies are doing we need to assess whether or not that's actually the healthy amount yeah um and and if it's something that you can assess that easily which i honestly don't think it is um Mm -hmm. people's bodies are different so we need to find better ways to assess that it's like Everything is set up for obese people and people who are, you know, high on the BMI scale. It, it's like, it's set up to make you feel like, well, you shouldn't, you just shouldn't exist. Like you shouldn't be having babies. Yeah. You shouldn't be out in society because everything be is like, you. well, just like, don't do that. Like, this is your own fault. This is a moral failing on your part. Everything is like laced with morality. It's just like, Fat people are allowed to yeah. exist, just like trans people are allowed to exist. Fat trans yeah. people can't exist. Yeah. Just let people fucking exist and don't, don't shame them for their bodies doing what they're going to do. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, so I, I do think that we need to come up with better ways to figure out what these recommendations are if we need to have the recommendations. Mm-hmm. Because, so... Like people's bodies do different things. And I think that for the the moralizing you brought up is very important because for some reason, everybody seems okay with the idea that there are skinny people out there who can eat a whole lot of what we consider junk food. They can eat whatever they want and won't gain any weight. Like that's basically part of the premise of Gilmore Girls. Like I was just about to bring up Gilmore Girls. And that's the thing where, like, it may may not be that way for those actors, but, like, a lot of us have met people who are like that. You know, like, I have friends who literally just don't gain weight even if they eat way more than me or anyone else at the table constantly. Like, they'll just not gain weight. For some reason, we're okay with that existing and we can accept Mm -hmm. that, but we can't accept the idea that a person who is in a larger body is eating smaller amounts than a lot of the rest of us or re- just regular amounts of food and that they're not going to lose any weight. They, they would stay at the same weight, even if they were doing that, even if they were exercising. Like we can't accept that because we've moralized around the way people's bodies look and how big or small they are. That's what people were saying about Lizzo is that do you know how much she runs around on stage? Do you know that yeah. she's playing the flute with good breath control? And it's not so like hard to do that getting, shit. Like out of breath when she's singing or playing the flute or like doing all this stuff for like two hours on stage. Lizzo's in super shape and she gets shamed for it. Shamed for her size and shape yeah. every single day. And I read and she, an article. And she of, actually like went vegan and was telling people like, look, my body hasn't changed size. I've been eating the way I'm like, quote unquote, supposed to mm-hmm. like, this is my body. Yeah. I read an article and, yeah. in like an actual magazine when I was in high school or college or something. This lady was a marathon runner, but she was kind of chunky and she was like, 
people give me advice all the time about like how to lose weight and stuff. And I'm like, I run actual marathons. Like that's, this is just what my body looks like. So you can't judge how healthy someone is based on their habits or like, you know, what, how their body processes what they do. Yeah. Cause like we've all known skinny people who didn't get any exercise. Like, and you know what, you know, what's really hard. I'm going to get vulnerable for a second. I'm going to say something controversial yet brave. So I used, I, my metabolism probably didn't slow down until I was about 26. So in 2016, when we were on Niagara and I was like, cut and I was like really muscular and I could eat whatever I wanted. But then I stopped working on the boats and my metabolism slowed down and I don't look like that anymore. And I know people have noticed and it. I'm like, sorry, like women's bodies aren't always going to look like they did in high school and college. Like that's not sustainable. That's not, it's like you have a hot body in high school and then there's this like legend of like you you become a mom and then you're not hot anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you like get to a certain point and then it's like, well, your body looks different. So now you're no longer attractive. So just to kind of, kind of drag uh, that, uh, that midwife Heather, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, she was, she was telling me like, like, yeah, if you're gaining weight at this rate, you're setting yourself up for gestational diabetes, which we'll talk about later. Um, at any anyway, at any rate, um, she was worried about like the, uh, the amount of weight I was gaining over like a period of time and like projecting that, like, if I kept on like that, I would, wait, I would end up gaining like X amount of weight, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but because my body has a place that it likes to be generally, what happened was I gained that amount of weight that I had lost back. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I actually gained at a steady and relatively slow rate for the rest of my pregnancy. Um, for what it's worth, I, I don't put a lot of stock in it. I am still in the category of where I'm fucking supposed to be for the BMI. <laughs> Um, but I went from, so after I saw her, I went through a period where I was like eating a lot of like salad with protein (laughs) because I was still, I was very in my head. Like I, I I don't generally have issues about weight and about the way I look, but because Mm -hmm. a medical professional had said it to me, I was very like in my head about it. Um, I was like, and your baby was involved now. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I was walking at a really brisk pace on, I had a treadmill at that point, which I actually is one of my preferred ways of working out. <laughs> I just like that <laughs> because like, you don't have to deal with unexpected Hills. You can like mm-hmm. decide what terrain you're working on, that kind of stuff. You know, you don't have to deal with weather. I do like walking outside too, just not for exercise for exercise. I actually like the like gym equipment stuff, Yeah, but um, I was walking at a really brisk pace for at least three miles a day, every day. Uh, I was, I was, you know, eating very healthily. I was really limiting sugar. I was eating lots and lots of like mostly vegetables, mostly fresh vegetables, mostly lean proteins, all this kind of stuff. Um, I went, yeah, I was having cravings, but I was denying a lot of those cravings. Um, it was okay. It was for a short period of time because like after that, and after I got a new midwife, which we'll talk about, um, I, (laughs) I actually, ended up uh, at a job where I was cooking for a lot of people and I was eating with them as well. And I, of course, I wasn't going to make them all just like salads with added protein. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
yeah <laughs> so I was like I was like well if I end up having to eat different that's fine but I'm I'm gonna make them you know pot roast mac and cheese all yeah. the various things that they like to eat make them desserts because they it was a crowd that loved desserts mm-hmm. um and it just made them happy and so like I made foods that made them happy gave them balanced diet but like still included you know at like a satiating amount of food because they were working very hard right um and I ended up just eating with them, eating whatever they were eating because I was just too fucking tired to make yeah. myself different stuff. I gained weight at the same rate that I was when <laughs> I was eating the salads with the added protein. Like my body was still doing the same. It still wanted to hold on to the same amount. Right. And it didn't actually end up holding on to extra. My my body did the same thing, even though I was eating different things probably getting a bit, bit less exercise, bit more sedentary, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So weirdly, my body, uh, it just had a thing it wanted to do. And it did that thing. And it kind of didn't matter <laughs> in a way, like what I did, like, if I had not eaten a balanced diet and gotten lots of like vegetables and stuff, I'm sure I would have had like vitamin issues, maybe and some deficiencies that way. But as far as my weight went, it didn't seem to really be responding specifically to what I was doing it was responding to the pregnancy and what the pregnancy needed yeah you know so. what your body's saying whenever you listen to it and if it's yeah. just like we're good you can be like okay that's fine yeah and that's the thing is like yeah my, my body did not end up gaining more weight based on me eating things that were quote unquote unhealthy yeah. so I got to the point where I was like all right well I'm gonna make sure I eat a balanced diet still get plenty of veggies still not try to eat a huge amount of sugar, that kind of stuff, but I'm going to let myself have cravings, which is why I'm having peanut I, butter M&Ms. <laughs> I am going to miss so. you being pregnant because, so you came to visit me in like August and then I just saw you for New Year's and when you were down here, we were talking and we were like, <laughs> oh man, I wish we could go get sushi. And you're like, oh, baby one sushi. We have to go get that right now. <laughs> and it was just like, and then whenever I brought out the new year's pretzel, you like appeared at my side out of nowhere. And you're like, hello, baby would like some pretzel, please. <laughs> yeah. I was I like, no, I had my pretzel. This one's for the baby. <laughs> I really like just that, you know, when like all of a sudden, cause you, I know you like food, but you don't like live and die for it. Like Griffin mm-hmm. and I do. So the fact that you're like, oh no, we have to go do that right now. We don't have a choice anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we could get this. Yeah, the, the cravings do so get strong. For me, they were stronger in the first like half of pregnancy. But yeah. Rosie had safe sushi, everybody. I did not. Yeah, I had vegetarian sushi. sushi. <laughs> I, I actually don't really like raw fish, so I usually end up eating vegetarian sushi. So yeah. Yeah. But so so that's I, I was eating stuff that was safe for my pregnancy, but I was like, oh, vegetarian sushi sounds like the shit right now. <laughs> so we were talking about gaining fat before. Most people gain fat during pregnancy. Um, it's difficult not to, not just because you're growing a human being, but also it's really, even if you're a person who gets a lot of exercise before you're pregnant, it's really hard to maintain that throughout the entire pregnancy. And like a lot of bodies will respond differently if you're getting a lower amount of exercise or if you're Mm -hmm. eating more food, that kind of stuff. Um, also I noticed a trend in recommendations throughout pregnancy where like, if you're having any issues, they'll tell you like, take it easy, rest and relax, (laughs) like all that kind of stuff, which like, if you're a person who's also told you're gaining too much weight, like how how are you supposed to reconcile those two things? Yeah. Because like the rest and relaxation has to come from somewhere. And especially if you're working, you have busy lifestyle, like 
the rest and relaxation is probably going to end up coming out of time you might have been exercising. Um, moving less and eating the same amount for a lot of people or even or moving less and eating more might result in a bit of weight gain. Usually it does for a lot of people, mm-hmm. for some people not, for some people more, some people less, et cetera. Our bodies are different. But yeah, Andra, that's the thing. Dr. Mommy did not stop working out with all three of us. And she fell <laughs> on all three of us. Cause she's like we said, five, three. And she said by that point she was all baby. So she's like mostly just waddling like yeah. her back, like baby out and she would trip and land on her belly. We're all fine. I, she's fine. Don't call child protective service. I've been so nervous about falling down recently. Cause I've like, that's the way I'm walking now, which is like kind of waddling, like very much <laughs> leading baby with my belly. <laughs> yeah. I'm, we moved to a different apartment. And I kind of like the stairwell better because I, it's like narrower so I can hold on to both sides of going down. <laughs> Sandra was not nervous about falling apparently but what she our family has a lot of like body image weight dysmorphia Mm -hmm. language that we have but she says that she was able to recover faster because she had been working out the whole time that she was pregnant and I always kept that in mind in case I did want to have a baby yeah I'm gonna recover faster I'm gonna keep working out well and honestly, like that, that's, I don't think related at all. It doesn't have to be related at all to body image. Like if we're right. is something you like to do that makes you happy. Like yeah, if you said, do that, you probably will recover faster. She said it was the 30 minutes a day she got to herself. She'd be like, hand us to my dad and be like, I just need half an hour. Please just give me half an hour to go on a run. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if that's, that's something that's good for you, like it's, it's going to be good for you in multiple ways too, because if exercise makes you happy, you're going to get the happy chemicals and like <laughs> it, it's just easier for your body to do stuff when you're happy. Endorphins make you yeah. happy. Happy people happy just people don't kill, don't their, kill husbands. their husbands. <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> uh, legally blonde. Uh, okay. So, so in addition to those reasons, um, there's mm-hmm. also other, th- there's, uh, there's other reasons that are completely outside of your control that might put you in a situation where you're going to gain more weight unless you restrict, which please don't restrict if you're pregnant. I'm not a medical professional, but it just seems very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so for example, earlier in my pregnancy, I was actually uh, put on pelvic rest. Um, this was by Heather, the same <laughs> midwife who was like, mm-hmm. too much red flag, Heather, um, <laughs> red flag, Heather, don't worry. We, we get rid of her soon. But, uh, <laughs> she, but, uh, but she put, the reason she put me on, on pelvic rest, which basically, um, okay. So the, re- the reason she, I'll explain what pelvic rest is after I explain the reason, because it makes more sense. Um, your placenta uh, as a pregnant person, your placenta is generally or is most ideally situated either on top of where the baby is, like the time I'm, I'm like pointing to my uterus, but you can't see it on um, the top of your uterus or the side. Uh, mine was more towards the bottom. So it should be north or east or west and yours is south. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So mine was towards, towards the bottom. It was, uh, it was very close to my cervix and that for anyone who doesn't know, the baby has to come out of the cervix. Um, so you don't want the placenta blocking it even partially. Mm -hmm. Um, they want it to be at least two centimeters away, which doesn't seem like a lot of space, but I guess that's enough. But mine was, it was close enough that they were concerned that it was going to be too close. Um, if you, if your placenta is blocking your cervix or partially so, 
usually that ends in a C-section um, just because it's it's more dangerous to give birth uh, vaginally that way. But uh, so so if that's happening also, there's more of a danger that your placenta might rupture and you can bleed. And I don't know all of the specifics about it, but like, it does seem kind of intuitive that like, it's not good for the organ that's like feeding and supporting your baby to be bleeding. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently the things that can cause this to happen, like the bleeding, like if your placenta is too low, um, in addition to things like sex, uh, <laughs> you also, <laughs> we won't talk about that part, but that was the thing I was about to do. Um, <laughs> like hitting the baby with my dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, knocked up. I should watch that again before I give birth. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, in, in addition to telling you not to have sex when you're put on pelvic rest, they tell you not to do vigorous exercise because apparently that can possibly cause some rupture in your placenta and uh, cause a situation which might be dangerous. You really don't want to see any bleeding. Um, Mm -hmm. But if the portion that's over your cervix starts to bleed, it's just a bad situation. Uh, So anyway, so they put me on pelvic rest, which meant I wasn't supposed to do any vigorous exercise. So like if your mom had been in that situation, she wouldn't have been able to go running. Like they would have told her not to. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I'm yeah. not sure she was supposed to be when she was. TBH. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for yeah, running, cardio, all that stuff, I wasn't supposed to do. I was basically supposed to keep it to walking. Um, and I have to say, it is weird to be told like, A, you're gaining too much weight, but B, don't vigorously exercise. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like what do you want me to do about that? Yeah. So if you're going to tell someone those two things as a medical professional, you need to have a longer conversation with <laughs> yeah. them about like, also, what are you eating? Like what, you know, it, it can't just be those two things because I don't know what to fucking do with that. Um, right. Anyway. So where did we find a green flag midwife? Okay. So, so after this is after the visit where I was um, told that I was put on pelvic rest pretty much right after almost in the same breath. She told me that she was like, so, so now it's time for the hard conversation. I thought she was going to talk my weight again. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just like, I was, I was so annoyed. And, and both Chris and I went in there prepared with like things to say mm-hmm. if she had <laughs> talked about that, be like, you did not ask me anything about how much weight I lost, what I was doing, et cetera, et cetera. But that wasn't what it was about. The quote unquote difficult conversation was that she was leaving midwifery, uh, because, <laughs> which is a very funny word. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes. The practice of being a midwife is called midwifery, which is That's very so funny to funny. me. Why not just midwifery? Like it's not that far off midwifery. Yeah. That's, that's so funny. Sorry. Okay, go on. Uh, It's funny because it's gotten normal to me. So I forget that it's a funny sounding word, but it is. (laughs) Uh, So she, yeah, so she was leaving the practice um, based on completely, it wasn't, it wasn't because of us. Uh, (laughs) It was, it was just based on um, stuff that was happening in her life. I think she was going to have to move and like her family situation changed. Oh no. I, I think it was okay. It was just like, it made more sense for her to not be working because of like her husband's situation. Um, But yeah. So, so by Heather, (laughs) I was fine with that because I was like, honestly, 
you're not that great. And, and it wasn't just the weight stuff with her. It was also the fact that she basically would not talk to Chris, which is weird because like, so I have a partner lucky enough to have a partner who goes to all my appointments with me <laughs> to the point where like once I, I like told him we had one scheduled and he couldn't make it and he was like, we'll have to reschedule. And I was like, hun, I can go to one of them by myself. You like, don't it's fine. actually have yeah. to be there. <laughs> like You're he not- literally forgot that he, his presence was not required. <laughs> you are not the important person. <laughs> in this meeting yeah (laughs) sorry so he he had been to all my appointments um and was like and and was an active participant like um if I forgot about a question we had talked about wanting to ask he would ask the question like he was is really displaying that he was trying to learn about the process and be as supportive as possible hands on and she just like would direct all of her answers even if it was a question he asked at just me and I'm like I get that I am the patient but Mm -hmm. I also have the pregnancy brain where I forget a lot of shit. Um, and also like, he's, he's a part of the situation. He's a part of the process. He's my partner. Like, yeah, you can speak to him. That's so interesting because it's usually the opposite where women are the ones who get ignored and they just talk to the guy about stuff. And this is like the exact opposite. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm absolutely not saying he should have gotten like more attention than me, but like any attention, you know, any attention is good. um so yeah so so I wasn't very pleased with that um but then because of the fact that she like I kind of made up my mind that if she was like harping on the weight thing in that that I might that I would have a talk with her and based on how it went I might end up switching providers Mm -hmm. didn't have to do that though because (laughs) she left midwifery uh, and I was transferred to the other midwife in the practice who has been great. Um, Yeah. Green flag. Yeah. So yeah, she's been great. She has not um, been, she's, she's pretty chill in general. Like, you know, she'll like tell us the things that we need, but she, she's not one to like make you really concerned when you need to be she's not um she's not constantly trying seems to try to rush us out of there like some of them were heather was kind of like that too um but uh, yeah so our our new midwife i'm going to call her anna because that's not her name uh (laughs) because i I don't want to like you know yeah i I don't want to point to specific people uh but uh but yeah she's been great she has not like raised my stress level if anything going there makes me feel better because she's you know, she literally like was, we were listening to the heartbeat and she was like, she was like, oh, everything wouldn't be going this well if you weren't doing what you're supposed to do. And I'm just Aww. like, oh, that's, that's a nice thing to hear. Thank you. So like, is she, and she also will speak to me and Chris as a unit mm-hmm. as well. Like there's definitely some things where it's more directed at me, but she will include him because she knows that he wants to be included. Right. And she's like, and that's a really good thing because he mm-hmm. should be. So is she going to deliver your baby as your midwife? Yes. yes. In a hospital. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. Um, my understanding of midwifery, uh, <laughs> it's still a funny word, uh, is, is that, uh, so there's, I, I would say it looks to me, and I don't know if this is actually true, uh, but it looks to me like the majority of midwives do actually have medical training um but definitely if they have letters after their name they do so like this this uh midwife the midwives i've seen all have cnm behind their mi- name and it's certified nurse midwife 
Mm. Um, and what that is like, like she's a nurse who has further medical training, which qualifies her to deliver babies. That's what uh, our friend wants to do with her oh, nursing degree. That would be good for her. Yeah. She loves babies. <laughs> yeah, she does. She also, she chose to give birth at home because she had such a bad experience with like yeah, the OBGYN situation. Did. We should have her on to talk about that. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, the, there might be midwives out there who talk or who refer to themselves as midwives who aren't uh, medically certified. I think there are some particularly like religious or whatever that don't have certifications. Um, so if you do choose a midwife, I would recommend finding someone with medical training because like it's... The reason I chose a midwife is because it's it's someone who focuses just on pregnancy and delivering babies, um, whereas an OBGYN is focusing on all aspects of health for everyone who has a uterus and vagina and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to have someone who was like a little bit more specialized and also someone who maybe would be more likely to talk about lifestyle changes for any situations that might come up instead of medication. Right. Um, and luckily I've been, I've been very lucky and I haven't had to deal with so far. I haven't had to deal with any complications. So let's just hope it stays that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, that's my, um, so that's, that's an overall view of like why it's hard it's hard to be pregnant when you're in a BMI category that's like over a certain amount because you're gonna hear talk about weight you're going to hear talk that's going to probably make you feel bad you might have medical professionals that will make you feel bad mm -hmm. and will think that they are just doing their job for that and like like Heather they might tell you that you are quote unquote setting yourself up for gestational diabetes which we need to touch on as the last thing before we go here. Um, so the issue that I have with her telling me that is almost no matter where you look, if you look at what the, like, if you're trying to figure out what the cause of gestational diabetes is, the responsible sources will tell you, we ultimately don't know. Really? Yeah, there's, it looks like there is some research that points to it having like pretty much a lot more to do or maybe everything to do with the placenta rather than with like you and your body and your lifestyle. Um, I don't, I don't know how widely accepted that is right now, um, but that seems to be the only, the only other possibility, but like most places will say, we don't really know. We just know that there are these correlations um, and there's a list of correlations. Um, it's not just how much you weigh. It's not just how much you gain during pregnancy. There are also other things like being over the age of 25 is a correlation. Really? Um, yeah. There's also, um, if you, th there's like certain diseases, I think PCOS might, might be one of them as well. That's polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, there's also, uh, something that related very much to me and was in my paperwork that Heather never mentioned, um, which like, despite the correlation that I was over 25, there's also the fact that my family has a history of diabetes, particularly type two diabetes, which is like, so type one is, is generally like 
a you're born with it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but type two is one you develop. And so gestational diabetes is, is it seems like it's more linked to type two. Um, but I have like, I, I have a, I have a parent who had gestational di- or not, sorry, I had a parent who had <laughs> type two diabetes and, uh, I believe both of his siblings did as well. So like a lot of diabetes in my family and a lot of type two. And yet that was never spoken about, despite the fact that that is very much a correlation with yeah. that. Um, so I, I do have a major issue with the fact that the medical field has chosen one thing that correlates with gestational diabetes and told people this is what's going to cause it. Yeah. Um, just because it's a correlation does not mean it's a causation. We've talked about that in other episodes. Um, so like, for example, here is a correlation that I can tell you about pregnancy that is based on absolutely nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, statistically far more pregnant people are right-handed than left-handed because there's more right-handed people in the world. <laughs> like it's not because yeah that's not it has anything to do with pregnancy and so like sure you could say that weight is more closely related than the example I gave but just remember correlation and causation not the same thing um another correlation I could think of that would lead more people who are in the overweight, and I'm using quotes here, overweight and obese categories, to be more likely to have gestational diabetes is having more medical concerns that went unaddressed, which happens a lot of the time with particularly with fat patients because, and I'm using fat as a descriptor here, not as like a moralizing thing. And female Um, patients. Yeah, and and female patients, which a lot of pregnant patients are. Um, If you, (laughs) so, if you are a person in a larger body going to the doctor, doctors are more likely to, to think that whatever's wrong with you is because of your weight. Yes. Um, there's many, many, like every, everywhere you look, if you are actually interested in this kind of stuff, you can find examples of doctors having missed really serious diagnoses because mm-hmm. They were like, oh, well, you just need to lose weight or you need to lose weight. And then if that doesn't solve the problem, then we'll see. Like they don't treat doctors a lot of the time will not treat larger patients the same as they would a thin patient because they just assume everything has to do with weight. Or they just literally won't treat them. They just, yeah, or or they won't treat them. Come back when you lose weight. And this isn't like, these aren't like, studies like there's buzzfeed listicles of people writing in being like this is when a doctor yeah this is what happened to me there's also self-reported doc uh data from doctors where they have said um that they like that they basically think less of or or that they think less of their patients who are at at higher weights um there's like and that that's self-reported like it, it's not doctors identifying themselves saying that it's doctors who have been asked in a way where like they're not going to be identified but there are studies that have shown that like from the patient side and from the doctor's side people who are considered overweight and obese do not get as good of head as good of medical care um as their thinner counterparts um they're less likely to seek medical care because of that because it's really traumatic when you go somewhere for something and you're constantly told to lose weight and that doesn't fix it and you know, they won't help you. I'm just Um, thinking 
if, if you're sorry, if you're unlikely, I'll, I'll let you talk in a sec. Um, if you've had a history of being treated in the past, when you go to the doctor, you're going to be less likely to go again if you're getting ignored and treated like shit and people are basically acting like you looking the way you look and weighing what you weigh is a moral failing. You're going to end up with like less diagnoses, even if you have health concerns, just because of that. So I would say that there could be a correlation between getting really fucking poor medical care because of the way you look and, and possibly maybe getting gestational diabetes, like, because there can be other factors in life mm-hmm. that haven't been looked at because they were so focused on your weight. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about how Serena Williams had issues getting the proper help whenever she was having, giving birth. Serena Williams, like arguably one yeah. of the strongest ladies in existence getting plenty of exercise had to advocate for herself to have a safe birth like that should not be a thing even with all the resources she has and I'm thinking about like the overweight pregnant black people who aren't Mm -hmm. like they don't they're not getting the same care as like you or I would just because of who they are which sucks it makes me really hot mad (laughs) it's bullshit bullshit BMI stands for bullshit meter indicator. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that's, I, I really wanted to talk about the, the weight stigma in pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, even though like compared with what a lot of people deal with at the doctor, what happened to me was very minor and very light, <laughs> but it still bothered me enough that I started paying a lot of close attention to what other people were saying and there's a lot of other people saying that like I've been treated really badly because of my weight as a pregnant person like I've been told I should lose weight I've been this that etc and ultimately like we don't know that this actually causes gestational diabetes so don't act like you fucking know when you don't know in addition just just just, mm -hmm. yep let me try yep gestational diabetes sounds like a terrible time like awful yeah so in addition it's it's manageable but it does mean changing your diet and possibly using insulin yeah yeah it's a lifestyle change on top of the lifestyle change you're going through yeah and it does sound like a lot of people who go through that particularly if they are in larger bodies are not supported because it's seen as a moral failing so the or or the support they're given is not the best um so they're gonna have a pretty traumatic time and when you are pregnant stress can make it worse like stress can make anything worse but like they like people try to tell you in pregnancy like find ways that you can relax if you're constantly concerned about your body because people are telling you your body is wrong even without the presence of anything actually happening like I um like I had no other concerns in my pregnancy everything was going fine I was healthy all that but I still had was given a reason why oh you need to be worried about the way your body looks and how much it weighs and it's hard not to be stressed about that because yeah. you're always in your body. Yeah, all kinds of bad stuff. So please be considerate to all kinds of pregnant people. Please use inclusive language if you're talking about pregnant people as a group. 
please be understanding of the fact that people's bodies are different mm-hmm. and that's fine. Pregnancy and- is different for everyone. Every yeah. baby is different. Every body is different. And you don't know what's best for somebody else. Yeah. And if you're a doctor, make sure that if you explain cause and effect, that it's really cause and effect. Mm-hmm. So also don't touch random people's bellies. You have to ask consent before. I luckily I haven't had a lot of an issue with that, which is really nice. Like it's generally people don't, because I don't think I give off like a touch me vibe. <laughs> you don't do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, also being pandemic times, we've been like not around as many people. So the yeah. people we've been around are generally people I've been fine with touching me, but they also <laughs> ask. So I kept, I kept doing that just because I had never seen like a pregnant belly before. So I just kept going up being like, huh, baby, huh, baby. And then the baby got the hiccups and I was like, uh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to feel the hiccup. It was, it's really weird. It's really weird. It's like your belly has a heartbeat all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll talk about more weird stuff in pregnancy in our next episode. Do you have a shout out this week, bud? I'm a shout out to my doula who um a doula's not a midwife but um they're so what they are is basically a person who supports the the person giving birth um and we actually are going to have a doula with us who is a friend friend of mine a friend of hopes a friend of chris's who's uh friend of the boats (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah friend of uh the boat that we worked on who is uh yeah who is a doula who was very excited to work with us. We're very excited to work with her. And it'll be nice to have that presence there to have someone, someone else other than Chris, who can like help me along and advocate for me. So nice. Yeah, shout out to Miss Ann Medula. Yeah. Uh, my shout out this week is the movie Encanto. I don't know if you're on Encanto TikTok, but that's all I've been seeing. I watched it twice within 24 hours and I surprised I cried at a Disney movie, but it was one of those cries where it was like, you couldn't keep up with all the tears that were coming down. I would get like the hangly ones off my chin. <laughs> I was crying so hard. It's such a good movie. It's so good. If you need like a, just to put a movie on, it's amazing. Stephanie Beatrice is in it. Rosa is in it from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. And she plays the main character in her real voice. So she's like all the way up here. Instead of being like this, Rosa. <laughs> very disorienting, but very good. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but maybe it's on Disney Plus for free. We had to wait until it wasn't on Premiere Access anymore. (laughs) I I think I I might be watching Anne of Green Gables tonight because I found the um, I've been reading the books again. This was a series or well, it's a movie with a couple of sequels, only one of which is actually good. But uh, (laughs) the movie in the first sequel that I uh, like to watch, but it's this uh, Canadian version from the 80s that is really hard to find streaming and for a long time I couldn't find anywhere and today I actually found a source where it streams where I'm excited about it so isn't that the version that uh Jess and Cece watch whenever they get high on new yeah (laughs) yeah it's great I I I would love to be able to do that but unfortunately not this time (laughs) soon so soon well I'm gonna be nursing though so it'll be not soon soon that sucks I, I, I just don't that. know. Yeah. I don't know how long I'll nurse. We'll talk about that in a different episode though. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I'm, I'm Rosie and facts matter. I'm hoping now that you know better, be better. Bye. Okay.